This is the Hog Kong Football That's right, this is the Hong Kong Football Podcast coming to you from Kowloon, Hong Kong in a week in which Typo's green, well-oiled machine ends up wondering what might have been after midfielder Lamb breaches the dam to get Kitchy out of a jam and wind and rain once again put paid to a day of Premier League games. There may only have been a couple of matches at the weekend but still lots to talk about with a big win for the champions and some senior shield action coming soon and maybe... We'll have some chat about the Premier League matches of yesteryear. My name, as always, is James Legg, and I am joined, as is customary, by Tobias Dusa. Toby, quite a disappointing Sunday as regards local football. Right. Raindrops kept falling on my head. Is <laughs> <laughs> exactly what they may have been singing at the Hong Kong FA offices, because they had to cancel three games. Yeah, extra holiday for them. Yeah. This was because of the typhoon signal. That was Rangers versus RNF, Eastern versus Dreams, and Lee Man versus Pegasus. That's 60% of the games this weekend rained off. Not ideal, especially, you know, in the middle of October. We don't always expect that. Uh, it, it made a little bit more sense at the start of the season, but it's a right inconvenient now. It's a shame as well because I was looking forward to seeing if Easton could get their terrible season moving in the right direction and whether Pegasus could keep their excellent start going. We'll have to wait a little bit to find out about that. But you know who has been particularly affected by all of this? I know who, yes. R&F. Yeah. Um, this is the third game of the season that has been postponed for different reasons. They've only played two matches. Both of them lost in the league. While other teams, some other teams have played five. So they're quite far behind in terms of games played. Really not the start of the season that they envisioned when they overhauled the whole operation during the summer and spent big on new players. When will these games get played? Do we know yet? I think for now, two of the games have been rescheduled. The first round game against Yunlong will take place on October 28th. So that's still two weeks from now. And then the game against Kichi was rescheduled for the end of November, November 25th. That would be the away game in Guangzhou, which we're not sure is going to happen or not. So the RNF game is on the 28th. So that is their next league game. And this is 8 p.m. Yunlong Stadium. That's a Saturday night. By the time RNF play this game, do you know how long it will have been since their last league game? No, tell me. <laughs> 43 days. It's almost a close season because, so they did, let's not forget, they did have a senior shield game in that time. Which, which they, you generally don't acknowledge. I don't acknowledge, but also they actually sent a, a bit of a B team to that game. So a lot of their more important players didn't play in that game, didn't get the match practice. Uh, this has really been a non-ideal start for RNF to this kind of brave new world of actually taking it seriously in the HK Premier League. But anyway, to the matches that did get played in this weekend, just gone. Kitchi versus Taipo was the big one. 5.30, this kicked off at the Moncock Stadium on Saturday, and it was a great match. A real game of football, wasn't it, Toby? Yes, indeed. We it were was. both there? Yeah, I was there for the second half. 
yeah, quite a spectacle. Kitchi winning 2-1 in dramatic circumstances, coming from behind against an excellent Taipo. Kitchi coach Alex Chu named a particularly aged team with only three players in blue under the age of 30. Lo Kuan Yi got a start in the absence of Lam Di Gin and once again showed why he should be the side's regular right wing back. They've ditched that back three and they've gone for a 4-5-1 with Sanjo in behind Lucas up front. Helio and Kim Bong Jin were the centre-backs. Taipo did have the usual back three of Andy Russell, Eduardo Preyas and Leung Kun Chung. Yun Chun Sing got the start up front for the men in green with Dudu behind Tan Chun Lok and Wong Wai. And you know something else I noticed about these teams? There were more players born in Brazil on the pitch than were born in Hong Kong. Surely that's the first time that's happened. So in total, I think there were eight players born in Brazil and seven from Hong Kong. Mm. And six of the seven were in the Taipo squad. You mean six of the Hong Kong-born seven? Yeah. I mean, they really, in terms of squad development and the inclusion of local-born talent, you really couldn't get a much bigger disparity than between Taipo and Kichi. So who was, who was the one? Oh, Lo Kuan Yi was the one Hong Kong-born player in the Kichi lineup. But of the players who were born locally, Tan, Wong and Yoon were just a joy to watch in the first half, I thought. I think... Because, as you say, you only turned up for the second half. And I think you may have left with a slightly different impression of the game to the one I got. Because in the first half, when I think their energy was a little bit higher, Taipo were really moving the ball around nicely. Uh, they link up so well, and they posed such a threat to Kichi in the first half. And it was the first time in domestic football for some time that Kichi players have, at times on the pitch, looked second best. You know, I mean, I saw Tan Chun Lok going toe-to-toe with Huang Yang and often winning the midfield battles. Wang Wai and Yun Chun Sing led a couple of Kichi defenders a merry dance with some really nice little link-ups. I really like how Taipo moved the ball, how unreluctant the players were to release the ball when the time came. Unlike a lot of what you see in Hong Kong, where players often miss the opportunity to move the ball along because they kind of think about taking it themselves when there are better options for the team. Tan's burst out of the center circle and general fearlessness, Wong's passing and tempo control really looked great. And Kichi had to be very careful of the counter-attack when they piled forward. But it was another of Wong Wai's key attributes, that is free kicks, that got Taipo the lead in the 22nd minute. A pacey whipped ball from a free kick right by the corner flag was not dealt with by Kichi. Dudu was the first to react, turning and smashing it in from seven yards or so. 1-0 it was. Quite a surprise that they took the lead in this game yeah certainly (laughs) and at that point would you have guessed that they were going to keep hold of the lead well what i would have guessed is what they actually then ended up doing and just trying to defend this as long as possible yeah and that's what happened the 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 dynamic of the game changed a little and kichi were right on the front foot did you notice the numbers that they attack in i've never really seen anything like it all players except the goalkeeper wang jenpeng were in the opposition half and almost all of them were in the final third. Helio was often taking the ball up to the center circle as a kind of back one, with even Kim Bong Jin pushing wide as a almost as an attacking option, and the wing-backs were just nowhere to be seen. They were right up the pitch. But when they did get the ball near the typo box, the likes of Russell, Preyas, and Leung were mostly dealing with the danger, and Lucas was feeding off scraps. Jared Lum tried a little chipped-up free kick, and that was not very good. It was quite an angry game too. Lots of moaning and score-settling tackles. Kichi were very angry about a lot of decisions made by referee Leo Kwok Man. 
But I just got the impression they were rattled by a relatively fearless team matching them in the league and showing them quite little respect. And they weren't entering into the game with the same kind of trepidation as a lot of lower half of the league teams do. Anyway, in the second half, Kitchi remained on the front foot. Lucas, who, of course, was playing against his previous club, was getting a bit more into the game. Fernando switched from the left wing to the right, maybe fancying his chances against David Lazari, who's not the best defender. In the 56th minute, Alex Chu made it even more attacking and made what I think is the decisive introduction, that is, bringing on Matt Lamb for Lo Kuan Yi. We'll talk about in a moment why that was important. There was a bit of a commotion in around the 65th minute when Tan went in on Kitchi midfielder Christian Vadoch. He had already been booked, Tan, and Kitchi players thought he deserved a second yellow. I was furiously writing notes at the time and I kind of missed it. Did, did you see what happened here? Yeah, I saw what happened and indeed I would say that Tan would have deserved maybe a yellow card for this. What happened is that both players went for the ball and Tan was late and just hit right on the, on the leg of Vadosh. Kichi got some kind of retribution straight away because just after it restarted, Vadosh scored. This was a straightforward header from a really great Matt Lamb corner. Vadosh with a free run in the box to leap at that one. I think one of the things that this highlighted was the difference in size between the two teams because actually once you get away from the centre-backs like Russell and Prayers, Taipo are not a big team. Big in terms of Height. Yeah, in terms of height and specifically their ability to deal with balls into the box from corners and free kicks. And then you look at the Kitchi team and you look at Sandro, Lucas, Helio, Kim Bong Jin, Christian Vadoch. Basically, you can't mark all of those people with big guys. And this is what happened, Vadoch. I can't remember who was marking them, but... Funny though that Kitchi also conceded from a set piece, right? Yeah, although that was more a failure to deal with it <laughs> once it did land. No, 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 certainly, certainly. But yeah, it's true. It's interesting that this game between probably the two best ball-playing teams in the league actually was three set pieces that, that led to the goal. It, it's a good point. Kitchi continued to pile on the pressure and drew several nice saves from typo goalie Zhang Man Fai. And in the dying minutes, in the 89th minute to be precise, Matt Lamb came short to receive a ball from a Fernando corner. He lofted a nice ball into the box and right onto the head of Sandro, who nodded it onwards and into the typo net. That was his second assist off the bench for Lamb. Great performance from him, but also fair play to Kitchi coach Alex Chu for sending him on, for perhaps noticing that that was what was needed at that point in the game. I liked how once that happened, Typo threw caution to the wind and sent Andy Russell and Eduardo Preyes up front to try and get a late leveler. But it was to no avail. 2-1 it ended. Kitchi taking a big three points. Once again, the champions have been saved by late goals in a big match. After that last-minute equaliser saved them from defeat against Pegasus. Do you know what that reminds me of? The way how Kitchi are winning these important games in the last minute? Well, it reminds me of a team which might be a different one to the one you're thinking of. But go ahead. Well, I'm immediately thinking of Bayern Munich. Mm. Who are you thinking of? I was thinking of the Manchester United team of the 90s and early noughties. Same thing, basically. Team that dominates the league and manages to pull it off at the last minute. And this is kind of, I suppose, a compliment for Kitchi is that they, they resemble this kind of dominant champion in that even when things aren't going their way, they do manage to dig it out. Uh, it's a bit of a cliche, in, uh, certainly in English football, that 
you know, it's the sign of champions that you can still get results when things don't go so well. And yeah, I, I think it's definitely a fair reflection of how things are at the moment that they are. I mean, you can't even see them losing when when they go behind. You know, even when they go one goal behind, they still look like the likely winners. And that was how it turned out in this game. You know, they scored good goals. They found a different way to attack. And I think fair play to them. Um, are you just going to complain now about how the season's going to be boring because Kitchi going to win the league? Well, I'm not really complaining, but I have to admit I do maybe feel some sense of annoyance. Uh, you know, South China gone. Eastern have totally collapsed. Mm. R&F, who are supposedly have the second biggest budget, has somehow pissed off the weather gods. So, <laughs> so I don't think it's really great for local football if the season is going to be decided by the end of December, which I hope is not, but it looks like it might be. Uh, especially as we don't have a season playoff anymore as well. So there's not too much to play for anymore. But that said, uh, Kitchi doing everything according to the rule book, so they cannot be blamed. And what, what you just pointed out, I do see more and more parallels of maybe Bayern Munich in that sense, that you have one team that is dominating the league, that had one of the biggest budgets, excellent training facilities, making the best out of it, of course, have a very deep squad, getting the players that are excellent of other clubs. <laughs> Which is fair enough, right? If you have the resources to do so. But I hope that some other clubs in the long run find a way how they can counter a one-team hegemony <laughs> at the end. We haven't really expected that Eastern would suddenly dissolve. And I think this has now caused this gap where we are wondering if there's anyone who can really challenge Kichi this or next season. Yeah, it is strange when you think about how things were only, only last season. You know, Kichi had to win it on the last day. I already don't feel as though that's going to happen. It does look very much like Kichi, barring some kind of disaster for them, are going to... Well, I don't want to say they're going to walk it. They, they're installed very much as the favourites. The only real challenges so far are Pegasus. We don't know how long this kind of great run of form that they're on is going to last. Taipo, of course, you know, they're still going to have to play them again. I think that if you know on another day this game could have gone another way, but yeah, it's early doors. It's looking very much like Kichi are gonna kind of walk it. Uh, but please prove me wrong. What me or no, you mean the, other the, the other teams? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Salvan. <laughs> yeah, and look, RNF have only played two games, right? So maybe if they won all of those three games, it doesn't look likely given the form they're in. But let's let's not write the whole season off just yet. But from a typo perspective. How does this feel? Great performance, bad results. Yeah, exactly. Very mixed feelings, I would say. Uh, from a distance of several days, I mean, I was quite disappointed that night. I think Typo made actually quite a big impression that day. Uh, they played very concentrated, especially in the first 70 minutes or so, and didn't show much respect. And I think this is how you have to approach such a big team and favorite uh, like Kichi. And I've seen online also some people complaining about Lee Chikin because he hasn't used any substitutes late in the game to maybe bring in fresh blood. And basically as the entire team was tired out after chasing Kichi for the, for the last 80 minutes. But we have to be fair that he didn't have many options on the bench as well. And if you look at the bench, the local players that were available, they had an average age of 21. So I don't think that he could have replaced any one of his key players in that situation. And that's his, also his style. He usually doesn't do that. If you see that something is working, he actually tries to stick with it as long as possible. But yeah, maybe that's one of the weaknesses of the type of squad, not having this depth in these kind of situations. Of course, you could say that he could have played a bit nastier in that sense. 
using substitutions to delaying the game a little bit. Alex Chu did when he brought off Sandro Fernando in the, the final minutes. All right, and then Sandro is walking the other way and yeah. pretending not to seeing the substitution sign. Removed his shin pads on the pitch, <laughs> which he definitely couldn't have done in the changing rooms or anything like that. And, you know, I suppose two things to say to what you're talking about with the substitutions. One is that he was forced into a substitution when uh, Diego Martins had to go off injured for Igor Sartori. Is that every game now that one of them has had to go off injured and the other one has come on? Yeah, exactly. That's the plan. So they're all <laughs> on a recovery level of 60%. So they're sending one on and then half of the game, they have to be substituted and then the other one. And so it, it's... The thing is, they're both great as well. I mean, if they could get them both on the pitch at the same time. Yeah. Uh, they, they both look good and they were on the pitch. Uh, another thing as well is just to point out, as you were talking about the quality of typos bench options and then you look across at Kitchies and you've got Alex Akande, Lam Kawai, Chris Annan and Matt Lam all on the bench. All of whom can do damage. I mean even Tonking Man like would probably play for Typo if he was in their squad. So the difference it, it you know it comes down to budget essentially doesn't it? The difference in the depth is just is huge. And the fact that Alex Chu can make substitutions and not have any drop off in quality on the pitch. Is a, is a big difference, especially as your teams start to tire. Anyway, it was a great game. I, I, let's not Certainly, yeah. let's not kind of dwell on the negatives too much. Uh, real spectacle. Not the biggest crowd, 1,400 or so at the Moncock Stadium. It's a shame. Couldn't get a few more down. However, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. And, you know, that was not the first game that I attended on Saturday. Oh, yeah. You have been all the way to Wong Chu Kang. Yeah. Ocean Park Station, to be precise. All right. I, so, I got off and obviously all of these people were disgorging from the train, ready to have a brilliant day at Ocean Park. And I thought, you losers, I'm about to go and do something much better. I'm going to go to the 2.30 kickoff between Southern and Yunlong. And did you have a nice view? I did not have a good view, no. So this is my first trip to Aberdeen Sports Ground and I was really happy to go. It's Lovely little area, south of the island. Great club. I love Southern. And I was very disappointed by it. I didn't realize that the views were so obstructed by the big pillars. There's a kind of running joke between Liverpool fans and Everton fans. So if anyone's listening who is one of those, you'll know what I'm talking about. The Goodison Park, where Everton play, is very old stadium. Beautiful old stadium. Uh, but it's with its age comes a lot of bollards and... A lot of the views at Goodison Park are well known for being obstructed. So I thought I knew what an obstructed view looked like. No, I did not. Uh, it gets a lot worse at the Aberdeen Sports. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I still, it was a good game. Uh, Yoon Long, no Alexander Randalovic for them. He didn't start the game. I'm not really sure what the deal was with that. Obviously, the brilliantly named Everton Camargo was leading the line for them. A small group of Yoon Long fans made the trip, which is quite a long trip from the west of the New Territories to the south of the island. Southern lined up with Paul Olivier Ngwe and James Ha left and right-sided forwards with Marco de la Spada in the middle. Ricky Cheng had deployed what looked like a 3-4-3 with Wellington D'Souza in left mid, getting very close to Ngwe's territory, but as always, Wellington was a big threat. And behind him, you had the marauding left-back Shea Spitz, so a lot of Southern's action was coming down that left flank. Weirdly, there was no Michael Luck, and the way Sudden set up with it all on the wings and up top left the new guy, number 15, with a lot to do in midfield. Uh, Carlos Martinez is his name. He looks like a good player, though. Uh, Chaman Fai was in there 
in place of luck, but he didn't impose himself on the game in the same way that the sometime Southern captain does. Yoon Long managed a lot of pressure in the first half with Everton Camargo drawing a nice save from Seatak Him from long range. The Brazilian then hit the bar with a lovely little free kick during what was his and his side's best period of the match. But the deadlock was broken in the 37th minute. Wellington D'Souza making a nice run off the left and cutting into the box. His attempt to square it was handled by a sliding Yoon Long defender and it, it, it was a penalty. Marco de la Spada took a break from moaning at the ref all match to take the penalty and he slotted it down the middle. Nice goal. Marco de la Spada would make it 2-0 later on with a fine volley from a Wellington cross, although the keeper, Chan Ho, probably should have done better. Yoon Long did appear to have got one back when Thomas Maronese, who had been playing next to Fabio Lopez at centre-back, headed in a Wong Yim Kwan free kick, but that was disallowed for offside. Everton Camargo, he kind of floats in and out, doesn't he? Like, he's either really up for it and he's making these bursting runs, or he's kind of not involved at all. I felt as though Yoon Long were missing Randelovic. Uh, Randelovic did come on and he went into midfield, presumably trying to take advantage of that space that I was talking about earlier, and he was trying to launch things from deep. But Southern were getting opportunities on the break, and then, with five minutes left, Wellington scored a delightful third goal. James Ha had done very well to keep the ball up in the Yunlong third, and he rolled it to Wellington, who jinked his way into the Yunlong box and slotted it into the far post. Great performance from him. That goal also put him top of the scoring chart for the season with four. There are two others on four, including Marco de la Spada, but they've both scored penalties, so I'm putting Wellington top. <laughs> Speaking of him, when will he get Hong Kong permanent residency? Because he's, I mean, he signed for South China in about 2008. Well, actually, not too soon. It seems that he will just be eligible for the Hong Kong passport in 2020 because he was a free agent for several years and probably didn't have a proper working visa or didn't stay in Hong Kong during this time. Ah, so he hasn't built up that seven consecutive years kind of thing. Ah, okay. He is a great player, isn't he? Like, he, he can do things with the ball that many players in the Hong Kong, well, almost all players in the Hong Kong Premier League can't do. But he is a bit annoying, isn't he? He loves a dive. He's one of those players who kind of looks like he cares more about winning the free kick than he does about actually, like, scoring the goal. You know what I mean? Like, when he's got the ball, his first thought is, how can I draw the foul rather than how can I go past the man? But, I mean, he often does go past the man as well. He's looking good for Southern so far this season. And Southern are looking good, even if they might have struggled first half against better opposition than Yun Long. They're now third in the league with nine points from five games. Yun Long just have no spark at the moment. After looking so good last year and being maybe the surprise package of the season last season, uh, you and I had disagreed a little bit on how they would do this year. I think you focused a little bit on the losses of the likes of Stefan Pereira, Diego Higino, and I was maybe just excited by the fact that their strikers called Everton. They've won two, lost two, so not a total disaster just yet, but it's just hard to see where the, the spark is coming from. I mean, is this kind of panning out exactly how you thought it would? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was 100% right. No, uh, I think given the troubles that they had over the summer, it's not just that they had some departures, but 
they had the serious cut in budget. They don't have as strong of a local team that they used to have. Let's remember that Sang Chudat also had to let some of the local players go, like Ngan Lok Fung that he worked with together very well. And I think all this maybe has led them to lose some of the spirit that was carrying them of last year. Yeah, that, that's the biggest difference that I'm noticing. It is just that kind of, uh, I don't know, some brio kind of verve that they did seem to have last year. And Anlock Fung was a big part of that. Of course, he was only on loan from Kitchi last season. He's now on loan at Lee Man, although sadly not getting a game regularly at Lee Man. So it's a bit disappointing to see that. It's worth pointing out that at the moment they are without key players like Ti Chao, the midfielder, and Yip Ji Chun, who are both out injured. Maybe when those guys are back, it'll pick things up a little bit, certainly in terms of connecting the midfield with the attack, which is something they're just not doing at the moment. But that was it. Toby, we only got two games this weekend. Wow, and still so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still had a lot to talk about. Yeah, this is what happens when you, you know, we know we, we've covered 100% of the games this week. Right. We're there in person. Top football punditry, Toby. Anyway, after the break, we can talk a little bit more about the Senior Shield games that are coming up this weekend. I know you're excited about this. Always because you love the Senior Shield. And increasingly, I am loving the Senior Shield. I'm looking forward to the final anyway. It's always good. It's in January. A bit more excitement. Let's up the ante. Get into that after this quick break. The Hong Kong Football Podcast comes out every Wednesday. You can make sure you never miss our latest show by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Do you remember what we actually never did? What did we never do? We never talked about our favorite games. Oh, yeah. This is something that I pitched as an idea that we could do after one of our listeners, Peter, was in touch and he told us about his favorite game. If I remember rightly, it was Pegasus versus Kichi a few years ago in a cup final. And yeah, we never got really into it, did we? I, I've been thinking long and hard. For several weeks. For several weeks. And... I've decided on my favorite game. And I think we had a few rules, didn't we? It, was, it had to be a Hong Kong game. It could be international, it could be ACL, it could be Hong Kong Premier League. But it could be reserve division. Reserve division, Yao Yi League. But it couldn't be Hong Kong versus China because that was too obvious. And you guessed that my favorite game was... Kichi Hanoi. Yeah, and that was a great guess because that was a brilliant game. And it was very memorable and oh, just so good. We, we can talk about that some other day. In fact, I wrote about it at some length in our season review last season, which you can still download online. From, That's correct. So, you know, go ahead and read that if you're interested in that game. But for now, Toby, I want to tell you about my actual favorite game in Hong Kong ever. I want to cast your mind back to February 2015. It was the 28th of February. And I'm stood outside a Circle K in Chung Kwan o, and I'm really nervous. <laughs> It's half time in a massive match between Kichi and Easton, and I've just nipped out to get some beers. And Kichi are one up through their star striker, Juan Carlos Belencozo. But they're a man down through their less than star striker, Rubiato. Rubiato had been sent off only 15 minutes in. This was classic Easton back then, because they were dirty bastards. It was just because of some dickhead behavior from the striker Dylan McAllister, who had totally overreacted to a pat that Rubiato gave to one of his teammates on the head after initial foul for which the Spaniard had been booked. Argy-bargy ensued, totally caused by McAllister, but both were booked and Rubiato, getting a second yellow card, was sent off. We were fuming 
absolutely livid. So anyway, it's half time and I'm feeling pretty nervous about this because we're down to 10 men, even though Kichi are 1-0 up. Eastern were ruthless back then and they just beaten Kichi 3-1 away and beaten them 3-2 in the Senior Shield final. Eastern were top of the league having dropped only five points in nine matches. Kichi had played the same number but dropped seven. And at this point, South China and Sun Pegasus were in the four-way title race too. We headed back to the stadium and we arrived in the stands just in time to see Paulinho get felled in the box and get a penalty. This was the most dramatic moment I've ever seen in the Hong Kong Premier League. Belencozo stepped up for the penalty. If he scores, Kichi are 2-0 up and can probably see it out with 10 men. If he doesn't, then they'll stay in this precarious position against the best team in the league. And then he delivered the best Penenka penalty I have ever seen. He chipped it up and it hit the underside of the bar, bouncing into the goal and back out again, just like that Zidane penalty in the World Cup in 2006. Yapong Fai had no chance. It was quality. And it became a massive pile on from Eastern from then on. They sent on recent signing Rowan Ricketts to get things going in attack, but they just couldn't get through Kichi's defense. And then it got really great for Kichi fans because McAllister, the villain who had got Rubiato sent off, got his second yellow and was sent off himself. And in the 87th minute, Judas Schwai, then in the form of his life, broke into the eastern half and scored to make it 3-0. And in extra time, Jordi, who had just come on for Belencozo, smashed one in to make it 4-0. We went nuts. It was quite a lot of people actually in the Chungkwano Stadium, which was where Eastern played at the time. And the reason I love this game so much was that normally when you beat your closest rivals 4-0 or by many goals, it's actually a bit of a boring game because it's like a walkover. But this wasn't. This was for 87 minutes. This was an unbelievably tense, dramatic game. And then just at the end, you got the beauty of watching your team go 4-0 up against their biggest rivals at your biggest rivals stadium. It was a game that turned the title race that year. And Kichi went on to win the league by three points. They also won the FA Cup and the League Cup to make it a treble. What a great team that was. Ugh, that Kichi team was brilliant. Uh, one thing I noticed is, like you mentioned the Kichi game, mm. all the players involved. None of them are actually now in the starting eleven, Or not even at Kichi anymore. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Well, Paulinho is, but yeah, right. he's very not much a squad player. Yeah, it's true. There's been quite a big turnover. I think the only players left would be Wang. Helio, uh, Matt Lam, Huang Yang. Apart from that, you've yeah, you've got a completely different team. Yeah, interesting, right? Two years? Yeah, I, I guess that's the nature of, of Hong Kong football, oh. isn't it? Another thing I noticed, well, what I wanted to ask you, where is the closest Circle K to Chen Kuan-O Sports Park? <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually that close. You have to walk to like the bus the bus stop, which is why we missed the start of this second okay, half. Now it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to walk to the bus stop. And it's, yeah, it's not the, not, I quite like Chen Kuan-O Sports Club, but it's, not the most convenient in terms of amenities. Anyway, so that was that. Was that. that was my favourite game. Toby, you're going to have to think of your favourite game. I would have thought about it, but that will be really another day when we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and listeners, get in touch. Why don't you tell us what is your favourite game involving Hong Kong? International, local, domestic, we don't mind. As long as it's not Hong Kong versus China, because that's too obvious. So, the Senior Shield returns this coming weekend. What are the fixtures? Well, why don't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Kichi will start things off back at the Chun Kwano Sports Ground. We were Here just go. Discussing. They'll be playing against Rangers. This is at 2.30 on Saturday. The great thing here is that you can watch Kichi and only pay $80 rather than the $120 that you have to pay to watch them at the Mongkok Stadium. It's a 30% saving. Bonanza. Okay, so probably the best team in the league at the moment versus probably the worst team in the league at the moment. I don't imagine this is going to be too much of a shock for anyone. 
when I say, I think Kitsch are going to win this. Yeah, it would be a shock if they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Alex Chu will play Guajan Chao again in goal, as is often the case in cup competitions? I think so. And maybe mixing things up on the bench as well, a little bit. Putting in some of the younger players or not A-team players. Against Rangers, it could probably afford it, I would say. Yeah, I seem to remember actually last time, last season against Rangers, he, he brought on a couple of the younger players in, I guess it was one of the cups. Okay, so we call in it for Kitchi. Uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe a closer one later in the day at the Moncock Stadium, 5.30. I'd say if there's any game to go to this weekend, this is the one. Taipo versus Yunlong, the New Territories derby. Right. The district teams derby. The east versus the west. <laughs> Now the team has a particularly big squad, so they can't really mix it up too much in terms of resting players or whatever. I mean, not that they really have to. I mean, it's it's a weekend. It's not like a midweek game. They don't have to. It's a Cena shield. They will go all out for it. And this is the thing. I mean, these teams, well, maybe not so much Yunlong, but Taipo, this could be a really great way for them to make something of this season, one of the trophies, maybe a little bit better than the Sapling Cup that they won last year, which is a fine trophy, but it's not quite the Senior Shield or the FA Cup. How do you fancy your boys' chances? Yeah, and you know what's important to remember is that the Senior Shield has quite a significant meaning for Taipo because five years ago they actually won mm. the Senior Shield. And so what happened is that they won in penalties against Citizen. And if you look at the squads back then, it was just amazing, all these famous names that were in there. Everyone you've heard of was playing for Citizen. I mean, they had... Helio, uh, who else? Festus Bays, Paulinho, Detinho. Sertak him was in goal for them, now of <laughs> Southern. He must have been quite young back then. And there is actually one player still at Taipo who was in that Senior Shield winning side that day. Lee Hon Of course, in goal. Not currently starting, but very much involved in the first team squad. Is Who else was there? They had Chris Anan. They had Alex Akande. The luminaries who turned up in this final. You've got half the Hong Kong team there. More or less. <laughs> this is brilliant. And looking down the list, actually, Citizen had Yuto Nakamura, Chiu Chung Kit. What happened to Citizen? Well, they decided not to get into the Premier League and decided to relegate. Mm. Like Son Hei back then. Even Southern District, if you remember, they refused to go into the first season. So they were among these three teams that went down voluntarily. Anyway, Citizen, we miss you. Well, I don't. I miss South China. Okay, so yeah, Taipo with a little bit of Senior Shield pedigree. Do you fancy their chances then? Of course. I think they will go for it. And against Yun Long, as I mentioned, okay, you have a bit of a derby feeling about this, but Taipo should be the favorites for this game. Yeah, almost certainly. But I, I heartily recommend you get down to the Moncock Stadium, half five, Saturday. What else are you going to do your afternoon? Go and watch this New Territories derby. Not in the New Territories, but still in a very conveniently placed spot that's it for saturday i think yeah that is it for saturday the next day 2 30 chunkano sports ground southern will play lee man shaft lee man shaft yeah <laughs> two quite evenly matched teams i think both had satisfactory but not amazing starts to the season i think a couple of players are in very good form for lee man especially geordie obviously who's doing so well for the national team as well as Doing well now that he's back in for Lee Man, But also the new guy, Zevikta, who has scored two in his last two starts. Let's see how they can get on against Southern. I said when they were playing against Jun Long the other day that they might have struggled against 
stronger opposition given the fact that they were piling so much forward and down the wings. Let's see if that comes to fruition. Toby, if you were going to make a prediction about this game, what would it be? This is one of the games where I expect extra time and penalties. I think might be decided just after 120 minutes. I mean, as you said, I mean, both teams, they maybe even on, a, on an equal footing at the moment. And Salvan have struggled against Dreams. Sirius has struggled against them. And Lehman, I think they, except for the first game against Yunlong, I think they have found themselves, and especially since they start with Jordi. Yeah, I, I do believe it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I agree. And let's not forget that Southern were not long ago in a Senior Shield final against Eastern. When was this? 2000. 16? Yeah, if you conduct this, yeah. Yeah, it would have been in January 2016, Mm. yeah. They lost that one, so maybe they want to go one better than they've done before. And speaking of Eastern, later in the day, at the Moncock Stadium, they will take on Pegasus. This could be an interesting one for Eastern, couldn't it? Because as we've, we've kind of mentioned in the past, maybe these cup games are a good opportunity to ignore the badness that's going on in the league. You know, they've what they've played for, lost for, Terrible start. They didn't get to play at the weekend because their game was rained off. But they've got a few guys back now. They've got Mambo Blader back. They've got, I think, Vitor Saba back from injury. He's the more recent signing. And maybe they can derail this runaway train that is Easton's league form so far this season. Yeah, certainly. But at the same time, Easton are probably going to look for revenge. Let's not forget they lost in the league against Pegasus. 1-0. Travis Major was the goal scorer back then. And again, I do think that Pegasus has the advantage that Yang Chin Kuang knows exactly what he has to expect from Easton because they haven't really changed anything in terms of tactics, in terms of how they line up since he left. And yeah, I think if Easton doesn't show any results, even this senior shield game might already decide about the future, about the management. This soon... Yeah. You think Zito Manchun could be in some kind of trouble? If they then have nothing to play in December and January and have serious troubles in the league, yeah, I guess he might be the first. Just realistic. I'm not I'm not trying to cast a shadow above <laughs> him, but it's just how things will go. Yeah. Well, for him, fingers crossed for the weekend. But Pegasus looked good so far. And you're right, they did only recently beat Easton at the Hong Kong Stadium. So who are you going to call it for? I call it for Pegasus. Yeah, me too. Oh, really? I <laughs> Sorry, have we agreed on everything? Oh, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> okay, Easton are going to win this, I think. You know, Blader's back, the danger man, him maybe alongside Coco up front. Could get tasty. Let's see. I feel as though maybe we have covered all of this now. We did. Okay, so that's the Senior Shield action that's coming up this weekend. None of this, interestingly, is going to be shown live in, t- in the usual way. A shame. Yeah, you can't watch it on YouTube or on on.cc or anything like that. The next live game actually will be a league game, the rescheduled Yunlong versus RNF game. Okay, so I guess that's everything that we need to discuss this week. Not actually as much action as we often get to chew over, but we think we made a good go of it anyway. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, so guys, listeners, Hong Kong football fans, have a good weekend. We hope you enjoy watching the football, especially if you do decide to take a trip to any of the games that are going on in the Senior Shield this weekend. We hope your team wins. And we hope you will join us again next week. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kowloon, Hong Kong. We like Hong Kong. That's a place for you.